0: On this week's episode, I am talking with Dr. Diane Strakowski, a relationship expert about cheating and if and how couples can come back after an affair. Lack
1: of sex was only one possible reason for having an affair. Not the majority of them. It's usually lack of meeting my needs emotionally. Right. And that there is some hole in the relationship and this extramarital affair fits that hole.
0: Hi, and welcome to The Parentologist Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kim. The Parentologist Podcast is a show about everything parenting with a therapeutic twist. Each episode focuses on a variety of relatable topics, including parenting, family, children, relationships, mental health, and pop culture. Hear from a variety of medical professionals, psychological experts, authors, celebrities, and other parents with inspiring stories. You'll feel like you're in the same room with your friends getting all of your questions answered. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll learn, and you'll have fun. Dr. Diane, thank you so much for being here today on the podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about if and how couples can come back after an affair. Hot topic right now. So Absolutely. Let's talk first about why affairs even happen.
1: Well, Dr. Kim, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I love this topic, though it is a heavy topic and something that there's a lot of nuance to. So before I say anything, I want to caution people that there are no hard and fast rules about affairs. But as a couples therapist, we sort of look at the nuance of all of this and in the society about really what's happening on a societal level and then an interpersonal level. Absolutely. Um, But to your question, Kim, why do affairs happen? Well, there's a number of reasons. And um, I've just listed a few. I'm going to go ahead and read those off. Um, So many reasons. Affairs can happen. And we will talk about the different types of affairs. But For these reasons. Lack of connection, no sex, bad boundaries, unfair fighting, unresolved childhood issues, sex addiction, drug addiction, anger or revenge, lack of commitment. This can happen in like younger people if we haven't even decided we're in a relationship. Sexual desire, or feeling like I have more desire than my partner does. Situational factors, like you are an NBA player and people, or an actor and people throw themselves on you. Self-esteem, this is more of an internal issue. And or falling out of love. Wow. So those are all the reasons um, that someone can have an affair.
0: Exactly, and even maybe a combination of some of them absolutely right absolutely um so how does how does a couple even get to that point? I mean you know there's there's articles and, and research that shows that you know the tolls of having young children and uh, the disruption of intimacy have been linked to a decrease in marital satisfaction and even possibly an increase in affairs. What are your thoughts about that about the having the children as part of the way your relationship changes. You know, when you first meet someone, your boyfriend, girlfriend, or girlfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend, you know, whatever the the situation is, and you know, it's a different level of intimacy than when you become parents. Can you speak about that for a moment? Yeah.
1: Kim, what's so important is talking about expectations.
0: Because if you
1: have children and you expect to have the same level of connection with your partner, and then you resent that the child has kind of come in and interrupted that, then that's going to be a problem. And you need to be talking about this. Um, But there is also the evidence about child-centered versus parent-centered home. Right. And it is important to talk about because the data says that it is actually better to have a parent-centered relationship than a child-centered relationship. So I'll just take the woman, for example. If she is projecting all of her needs onto her children, it could be an emotional too much labor to the kids who sure. feel like, I need to make mommy happy. Right? Yes. Um, and it is better that you stay adults, that right. you have some privacy, that you... Mommy and daddy are going to go in the bedroom and be alone and that you create some boundaries, right? If your children are sleeping in your bed, there are no boundaries. This can be very challenging. And oftentimes, I'm just using generalities, it could be the man who feels like he is kept out of this environment and that the child has in some ways taken over their role. So it's so important to talk about what are our expectations now that we have children, but most often to your point, Kim, that the frequency of sex is going to go down, right? You've just had a baby. You're not sexually interested. Um, But lack of sex was only one possible reason for having an affair. Not the majority of them. It's usually lack of meeting my needs emotionally. Right, And that there is some hole in the relationship and this extramarital affair fits that hole. Doesn't mean that you're a better partner for me. It means that my wife is unappreciating me because she's putting all her attention into her child. And now I'm at work and my coworker is giving me compliments and noticing me and I feel appreciated and I feel loved. And then I end up into an affair with
0: them. Right. Exactly. So that makes me think of the term that's been going around lately, accidental cheating. Yeah. There's been articles on it. It's kind of gone viral in, in the media. Tell me what that means. And you know what does that even look like? Because it, it, To me, I, when I first think about it, I think there's no such thing as an accident. You cheat, you cheat. But tell me more about that.
1: Well, Freud would agree with you, Kim. There's no such thing as an accident. And I did a reel on this. Like I'm at work and I bump into my husband and we did a funny reel.
0: It was a great reel. It was a great reel. <laughs> there, there, I agree with you.
1: There's no such thing as an accident. Now, what could happen is what starts as benign flirting, right? Again, back to I have an emotional need that's not being met at home. And or I'm resentful or my wife and I have been fighting or something isn't going well and I feel a sense of anger. Now, this other person gives me some attention and I don't realize that I'm on a slippery slope. Right. And that we get to this line where I'm now giving compliments. I'm feeling good about this. And now I'm spending more time at work and I have the mindset to like, my spouse is not going to change. I can't do anything to fix that. And so this other person, I'm on the slippery slope of sliding into an affair. Now, I think this is an important part where we have to talk about what types of affairs are there.
0: Yes. Because
1: what is cheating? Okay. By definition, there is physical cheating, which is kissing, sex, intimacy, Most certainly, that's what we think of. But there are emotional affairs. Sure. And if I am going to this other person to get my needs met where they should be met with my spouse, one could say that that's emotional cheating. If I'm turning to this person for, hey, did you just see this show or this game? Instead of turning to my partner, I'm not allowing my partner to really have a say in that right? And chances are, by definition, if you saw that conversation on my phone, you would be uncomfortable. Exactly. Right. Who is this person? Why are you doing that? Why aren't we talking about that? Why are you going elsewhere outside of the marriage? So there's emotional infidelity. Now, one could say, let's talk about it because we're both on Instagram, right? What about liking somebody else's photos? What about commenting on other people, Uh, you know, sending fire emojis to some sexy woman? You know, one could say that that's infidelity in some ways, which is uh, not just looking, but right, giving attention to these other things. And so uh, we're talking about kind of cyber
0: cheating. Right, right. Which is a new thing. I mean, that's, you know, just a more recent type uh, situational um relationships that can that can manifest from social media for instance, never. my husband was telling me the other day that he you know was scrolling on Facebook and he keeps getting these ads to join things like a website called Ashley Madison uh, which I had never heard of um, but IEP told me it's a it's basically a dating website that is known that you go on it to Hook up to have an affair, like it's specifically a website designed to have an affair, which to me is so unethical. But they're they're a thriving company that you know there's ads that just pop up, and it's almost encouraged. I feel like sometimes on social media to you know have all these connections, and I mean, how does someone who might be in a mediocre type relationship at that moment shy away from? seeing an ad like that and not taking advantage of it?
1: Well, we're back to boundaries, um, Kim, and I think back to expectations too. In your couple, in your relationship, you do need to talk about this. What do we define as cheating? But usually by definition is that if this is a conversation that you would not be comfortable having with me in the room or comfortable seeing me read that text, then you shouldn't be doing it. Right. Right. So we can all kind of agree that it's morally wrong to cheat. I have, especially in marriage, we're talking about marriage now, right? We have agreed to be committed to other people, which means I am agreeing to not have that level of intimacy with anyone else. Exactly. So if if my partner, do you think if I said, hey, honey, what do you think about me joining Ashley Madison? Oh great! Let me no right. <laughs> right. That would no, never I happen. Right. And then, I hate to tell you, but because I also work in the single world, there's something else that's going on, and it's like equally startling to me. Is that matchmakers go on LinkedIn looking for men for their clients, and so a matchmaker might contact your husband to try to find out if he's married or not. Wow. That's how matchmakers find their matches on LinkedIn because they're looking for successful
0: men. Right. Yes. Wow, that's mind blowing. Yes. Goodness. Like, what is our world coming to, Diane? I don't even know. That is just it's just mm-hmm. insane to me, right? But like you said, like they may not be looking for it, but then when it's thrown in their face and they're getting this ad pop-up on their Facebook as they're scrolling before bed and they're not feeling too good about their marriage at that particular moment. Or any type of relationship, long long term committed relationship, and it pops up. Then it's, you, your mind starts thinking, "Oh, well, maybe I will try that."
1: Well, and the one thing that happened with Ashley Madison, and I'm I'm not recalling what year it was, but you know, they leaked all the names and numbers of the people, and there were some high profile people in New York, in particular, who had been engaged in these affairs. And so in some ways, that's actually a good thing to say, if you do this, right. if you do agree to this, that at some point you will be found out because sometimes it's good to have some social, right? Some, some social follow-up. Exactly. That how private is this going to be? Because people will cheat in some ways. And what's really interesting to talk about Esther Perel, who's an expert in this field, she oftentimes talks about another reason and people will talk about having a midlife affair. In some ways, the cheating is more exciting sex because of this element of being found out, right? Because of the element of secrecy, which creates like dopamine and serotonin and I'm getting
0: excited about our rendezvous. Exactly, right.
1: But if I knew that this was going to be found out, then that could again squash that. Right. Exactly. And really, the issue is we have to talk about the relationship and what to do to
0: fix it. Exactly. Which which makes me think about, are people predispositioned to be a cheater? I know growing up, you know, when I was dating, you know, there was that term, you know, once a cheater, always a cheater. Is it chronic or is it just a one time thing? Someone gets it out of their system and then they move on, or can it happen over and over again? Is, is that statement really true?
1: Well, and, and I want to say the answer is both. So it's highly nuanced again. There are some people who, for instance, have been, you know, quote unquote happily married, been very faithful to their partner for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. And then there's one person that they knew from high school, they're having marital conflict, that person um, contacts them on Facebook or something, and they realize, oh my gosh, we should have been together, they have an affair, and marry this person. Okay, is that once a cheater, always a cheater? No. Now, there are some chronic people who they may have an avoidant attachment style, they never really want to emotionally connect to anyone, they have high sexual desire. They might be a sex addict. Uh, we were talking about David Duchovny and Tia Leone. He's a famous actor who did come out and admitted that he had a sex addiction. Um, those are very possible. That might be more the chronic once a cheater, always a cheater, meaning that I have high sexual desire and this to me is, is really an outlet that I am getting some of my needs met, acting out my sexuality.
0: Right. And I think about the couples that I, I did couples years ago, Diane, before I you know started switching in and working with children specifically. And it was tough work. I got to tell you, couple working with couples is tough work, right? And I remember uh, a, a, you know, one of my clients said to me, well, if I just have enough sex with my husband, he'll never cheat on me. If we keep our sex life alive it'll never happen. But then I think about the emotional affairs you were talking about. And it's not just about the physicality. If someone's lacking in, let's say, um, you know, feeling appreciated, feeling loved on that emotional level, they can have all the sex they want and an affair might still happen. Is that correct? And, and also vice versa.
1: Absolutely. And Kim, I can share a personal story here because I was a young person, had an active sex life, was engaged You know, to my partner, moved across the country for him, and we were having active sex. And he still cheated on me. Truly, in that circumstance, and I don't know what happened to my ex fiance, but um, I don't think it was an issue about not having enough sex. I think we were not right for each other. And I completely appreciate that. I would have gone ahead with it had this not happened. So thankful. I'm grateful. Exactly. Um, but he just didn't have the courage to end the relationship and I see that being a big issue. That people have low self-esteem and I have to say I thought my my ex-fiancé did. He did have some addiction problems. I was convinced that he was addicted to alcohol. And then met this woman at work who was probably more available than I was because I was in graduate school and working, admittedly. And boom, slid into that affair, but it wasn't about not having sex, which might be different than a 70-year-old couple who hasn't had sex for 20 years. Um, So I think it's really important to look at the stage of life, where you are, what's your baseline, but it's not all about sex. It is usually that there is some unmet need for attention, for affection. You're not getting it. You don't see me. You don't hear me. You don't understand me. And I'm going elsewhere for that thing,
0: that one thing that you're not giving me. Right, exactly. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk about how to come back, if you can, after an affair. Hi, I'm Dr. Kim, the parentologist. As a wife, mom, therapist, and all-around juggler like most of you, I lead a hectic life, and sometimes that means indulging in foods on the go that my stomach doesn't always agree with. Thankfully, Pepto Bismol provides me fast and effective relief for all kinds of upset stomachs. Having a little too many guilty pleasures at a family barbecue or birthday celebration may lead to indigestion or heartburn. So I always keep Pepto on hand to get fast relief when I need it the most. Pepto Bismol, use as directed and keep out of reach of children. Okay, so before we talk about how and if you can come back after an affair, let's say an affair happens. I see, I, I see like this has happened a lot in, again, the couples I used to see years ago where one partner would travel a lot for work Yes. and they would say, well, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas or what happens in Europe stays in Europe. And they feel almost like they're not obligated to even tell their partner that they had that they, you know, cheat on the road because it's not quote unquote real it happened away you know you know and it's not it doesn't affect their everyday life and years and years go by where they keep this secret which i don't know how that's even possible how you can keep such a big secret from your partner like that but they it was it, with this particular couple it was years that this was happening and this the partner at home had no idea because everything happened on the road and apparently it was I don't know how they did it because, you know, back, back in this time, you know, text messaging wasn't even really a thing. So I don't know how they even communicated. Maybe it was just a phone call. And so there was no real record of it. Like there was no emails they found on a computer or whatnot mm-hmm. or social media links or things like that. So can someone have this chronic affair and, and their partner doesn't find out about it? How does that, how does that affect the relationship at home? Or if you have an affair should it be better if you just come clean at the beginning and say this happened, and then you can work on maybe improving it after the fact?
1: Okay, <clears throat> that's a loaded question, and I want to break it <laughs> down.
0: And, and more just about trust. You know, right. like tr- how does sure. that affect the trust in the relationship itself? Right. Well, let's talk about the three buckets
1: of what could happen. Okay, so one, um, an affair is disclosed the person says yes I've been cheating on the road or um hey I've been cheating with my coworker or it's found out you you do see the text you I caught my fiance in the act like
0: literally oh goodness
1: and I didn't actually see it but he moved out I don't know how I missed it and oh gosh. Like I'm knocking on the door and I hear two people I'm like oh my god oh quite visual but of course that, that can happen okay So one is the affair is found out and the relationship is over, okay? That's like a third of affairs, what happens? One and done, we're over, no discussing it. Yes, of course, if you have children, my God, there's a lot to discuss, but there's just no getting over it. And that affair could be substantial. It could be more than physical. Like this is a real full-blown relationship that they're having. Versus, again, some people could have just sex with someone and not be emotionally connected in them. And, it, it, and they can say it means nothing. And it truly does mean nothing. Okay. So a third, it's over. The second third is that we stay in limbo. We find out about it. I find out that you've been cheating on the road. But we don't do anything about it. We don't go to therapy. We don't improve our relationship. We don't move through it. We don't talk about it. This becomes like this ugly thing. Right. Um, Have you been watching White Lotus? No. Tell me more. (laughs) i started watching, but there's an affair that happens with this couple, and so he buys her, like, all these bracelets that are, like, $15,000 a day. Oh, goodness. Right? It's, like, cheap money. Right. And then he's telling his kids about it on their trip to Hawaii. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's complicated. But- That's the couple that to me, it's like they've stayed in limbo and now they're not having sex because she's upset with him and she's sort of holding this against him. They have a breakthrough, thankfully. But Okay, then the third bucket, which is what I want to talk about, is the people who actually overcome the affair and improve their relationship. And nobody can say what's going to be your outcome of that affair. Like my relationship, it was over. And thankfully, because... Had I married this man, I think we just had differences. I couldn't see it, right? right? But there are that substitute that's stay in limbo. That's not great. But if you really want to improve your relationship, now here's the process, okay? And if we want to talk about that, back to your point about whether you know the details or not, this is fascinating. So in the literature, Many years ago, as couples therapists, we were told that the victim of the affair, the person who did not do the cheating, right, versus the cheater, that you should, in therapy, discuss all the details, okay? So I'm the victim, you've cheated on me, I feel out of control, right? Because now, do I trust you? The biggest issue is are you just do it again. <laughs> do it again. Where? Why? How? I, I want to know all these details, and I become obsessed with this affair and the details of it because the biggest thing is, well, wait a minute. That time when you told me you couldn't come, like, what did that mean? Now I can't trust anything you
0: say. Yeah, you're five minutes late from work, and you're thinking exactly. all the worst things, right?
1: Exactly. So the problem was that we'd get into therapy, and I felt that for me to have control and power, I could ask anything, and you, as the cheater, had to succumb to my wishes for information, and you would tell me what I needed to know, because I needed to know this. Now, here's the rub. The problem is, Kim, is that process created what we called secondary PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Why? Because now I have all the details. I can read, show me your phone. What does she look like? Where? How? How many times? And now you told me that you brought her into our home, into our bedroom. Where did you have sex? On the bed, on the chair. Now, every time I see those things, I am triggered. Exactly. Which would have been better actually to your original statement about the couple who had the affair on the road. Like, I'm not going to have, even in addiction, we get triggered by situations. I'm not going to have those because I'm not in that hotel room in Dubai. Right. Right. But if I'm in my home and now every time I'm going to be triggered by that event. Yeah. So, what we've learned instead, and this is the breakthrough in couples therapy, is it's not really about knowing the details. It's about understanding the complexities of the relationship back to the unmet needs. And what are we going to do to fix the unmet needs so this doesn't happen again? If the
0: person is willing to walk away from the affair. Sure, sure. So, what, in your uh, professional opinion, is easier to come back from an emotional affair or a physical affair an emotional affair that's been going, you know, on and on and they feel very fulfilled by this person or the person that goes off has sex, comes home and it's done
1: you know quite honestly i think the emotional affair is harder to get over i do i
0: agree i agree right?
1: because the phys- physicality some people can really be disconnected with sex it's like an appendage it's like i'm horny and i'm just going to release myself and they they literally feel nothing but an emotional affair right you are meeting some of my emotional needs and i think you're you're really in some uncharted waters whether you've had a physical affair or not
0: right so then
1: then what i look at back to like the victim and the cheater in um Stan Tackden, who does something called Pact P A C T, have you heard of it? This is a biological approach to couples therapy. Yes. One of Stan's techniques, and not necessarily just for cheating, is something called leveling. Okay. And I love this technique. Leveling means, let's say, I I work with attachment styles too. I'm an anxiously attached person. My partner is avoidant. I feel like I have all these emotional needs and you don't get me, see me, hear me. I usually come into therapy. I'm the driver of therapy. I'm the one who's made the call. I'm unhappy. You hurt me. I've got a whole thing. So you already kind of know what my complaints are going to be. But in fact, where we need to level is that the avoidant person needs to speak to the things that aren't being met in their relationship also And when I, as the therapist, can see that this wasn't working for both of you, now we begin to have less guilt and shame. Because what happened in the process is I'm the victim. I want to know all the details. But you, as the cheater, you're going down, 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 down. You feel like crap that you will never come out from under this. You will never trust me again. And so I quit. I quit unconsciously the relationship. Because I feel like we can never fix it. Exactly. Right. So now what we do is we grieve the loss of this original relationship. This marriage it was not a sham because that's what people will say, right? This is a sham. Our relationship was a sham. How could you have done this to me with having this other person on the side and come back and say, no, there were some things that I wasn't getting in this relationship. Two, now let's both really talk about what our unmet needs are. Right. And that's where the healing, that's the third, the thir- 30% of the couples can really then do this hard work of putting it back together of unmet childhood needs and
0: really discussing together what we want this to look like. Exactly. And, you know, as you've, as you've mentioned, you know, there's so many emotional ramifications after having an affair and it takes time, but mm. I love the fact that there's, there's hope. Couples can bounce back, if you will. And like you said, more in their old relationship, begin this new, renewed relationship with talking about expectations, talking about boundaries, talking about how to get their emotional needs met. Because... You know, there's also that point where a lot of times affairs just don't happen overnight. Sure, they can. There's always an exception to the rule. We talked about that earlier. But a lot of times it is something that's manifested over the years of a relationship where maybe it's tolerated for a couple of years. And then finally, they just have that breaking point of I just I need to get my emotional needs met or my physical needs met. They're not. And then it happens and people think, how the heck did they cheat on me? And if you look back and you dissect the last five, ten years of that relationship, you can see all the signs that maybe you ignored or maybe you didn't have time to look at, you know, because you're raising kids or working or doing all the things. But, you know, there there's something, that underlying need that hasn't been met and eventually it it can cultivate into that affair.
1: And Kim, as you're talking, I'm also thinking about the need for individual treatment as well as couples treatment because If I also, by the way, if I'm the couples therapist and I never meet with my clients individually, and some couples therapists would only treat the couple, how am I even going to find out about it? (laughs) True. Like, I need to. So my practice, I will periodically meet with people separately. And on intake, I will definitely do, I will meet with the person and ask that explicit question. Is there anything that I need to be aware of that's going on? Have you checked out of this marriage? Where are you? Because I'm not going to hold your secret. So we can't move through this. I'm, you know, I am a, a, a I'm the therapist of the couple, not any one person, and I,
0: I can't fix it if I don't. If there are secrets, exactly, and and that could be for a, a friend too. I'm thinking about, you know, going back to what we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier about whether it happens on the road, and you know, do you tell your your partner? When, you, when you've when you cheated, you know, when you think, oh, they'll never find out, there's never going to be a chance they'll find out. Do you still come clean? Is that healthier for the relationship when you do versus holding it in or maybe telling a friend and then having that pressure on that friend? Or, you know, even though you know that the relationship could end, if, there, if you're that one third where you can't come back from it, is it still better to tell your partner when it happens?
1: Certainly. And how you tell them is more important than anything. Like even in communication. It's your body language. It's their tone. It's all of those things. So now if I do some soul searching, okay, and I have had this situation where a client came to me, had had some affairs, and we processed together what, why, how, and thought very carefully about how to disclose that to the spouse. And they worked through it. Um, Years ago, you were busy with the kids. I wasn't able to talk to you. I was on the road multiple times. These things meant nothing to me. They were physical affairs only. Um, I need to tell you now because I don't want that to happen again. I think we're in a better place. I need to be able to reach out to you more. And then the question is now what? Right? So what now what? Okay. Back to if we're going to make sure in, and there are books, um, Michelle Wiener Davis wrote a great book called How to Divorce Proof Your Relationship. Oh, that's a good one. Like how to affair proof your relationship, meaning that if we're now meeting each other's needs and we're talking not just about sex, but about other things, then I'm less likely to feel resentful, et cetera, to bottle up those feelings and then to cheat moving forward. But if you're talking about something in the past that has happened and you're trying to resolve that, that's very different than saying, by the way, I've cheated on you a few times.
0: Right. Right. And I think, I mean, first, I'll speak for myself. If that was ever in that position, I feel like I would want to know in that moment or soon after when he gets home from that business trip versus waiting five years in and saying, oh, by the way five years ago, this happened. And I I would think to myself, gosh, you went through the last five years holding the secret. Right. And then I feel like the trust would just be so much worse. And the bounce back would be so much harder because I, you know, I had, I had no idea for five years and then I would feel like I was duped versus if you just tell me at the get go, then I feel like we can restructure from there, but that's just my own. I don't know what I, what it would feel like in that position, but I would think that that's how I would feel.
1: Yeah. And, and, Again, Kim, here's the thing. It's there's no right or wrong. Um it, it it's even like ghosting, okay? A topic that you know 90% of people have had it happen and say, I don't want to be ghosted, I'd rather have you tell me up front. But I've got a client who says, Ghost me all you want. I don't want to know. Uh, I've got a set of people who would rather not know. And sure, sure. Back in the days, you know, we used to have there were these uh Famous people who always had a muse on the side. And that's how they believed that they could be more creative. Um But ultimately, the way that we have marriage now, I truly believe that unless you have commitment and security, that it's very hard to have a fulfilling relationship with being distracted with other things. Like the question is, then it leads into like, polyamory, does that work? Can you have multiple relationships? And unless you are the world's best communicator in the world and you have boundaries with everyone, you talk through this, but it's very hard because as people, we get fragmented, right? I give you a little of this, you a little of that, but ultimately the marital relationship should be where I am going to get my intimacy needs met. And if I am spread thin across all these other ways, Generally, there's just
0: less to give you then, right? And before we start recording, you shared some statistics. Do you still have those in front of you of uh, that you can share right now?
1: Absolutely. So if you ask people just in general what they think of affairs,
0: eighty-eight percent of people all say it's morally
1: wrong. Right. I would say it should be a hundred percent, but eighty-eight percent say it's morally wrong. Yet seventy-two percent of men and seventy percent of women admit that they have cheated. Now, this doesn't mean that I cheated on you, right? This could mean that in college, I cheated on a boyfriend. So the numbers are always tricky. Yeah. 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 Even the divorce rate, when we say it's 50%, it's multiple people have gotten a fair, have had divorces multiple times. So that number goes up. So
0: sure. it's,
1: it's unfair to say that. Right. Well, thank you- I do think like back to even my fiance, I think he just didn't have the courage to end the relationship. And so conveniently people find the next person and in that self-esteem boost you get, it helps you end that other relationship that shouldn't, that should have ended anyway.
0: A hundred percent. And I was in a situation, you know, when I, in my younger years as well, when that almost same type of scenario happened, I wasn't engaged, but we were in a long-term relationship and that same type of scenario happened. I think it happens to a lot of us, right? Yes. So speaking about my last question about, you know, um, affair proofing our, our relationships, personally, I think, you know, one conversation that everyone possibly should have, whether you're a year in a month in or 10 years in it's talking about like you said those expectations and those boundaries and everyone has a different definition of an affair right if if a one couple starts like you said holding hands or even kisses someone and that's as far as it goes is your partner or spouse going to think wow they cheated on me it's over and it just be over a kiss or, you know, sex or the emotionality of it, you know, whatever it is, you know, define what you what in your particular relationship, define what cheating is and define what having an affair is. So you're both on the same page with that. Would you agree with that? And there's anything else you can add to it of how some people some couples can possibly preventatively a fair proof of their relationship?
1: Yeah, you know, Kim, for me, it's so much about the repair. And I can't emphasize that enough. So if I come to you and I say, sweetie, we got into a fight before I left on that trip and I met this strange woman at a bar and we had sex and no sooner did I did, I regretted it and I feel horrible and I'm so sorry. You don't deserve this. I'll never do it again. That's going to be very different, right? Than someone who says, what are you talking about? Why are you so weird about that? You think I'm cheating with everybody, don't you? Because oftentimes, just by the way, a subset of it is called projection. You ask me some legitimate questions like, who is she? Or what is this? Or you're sneaking on my phone because you already have a woman's intuition that something's not right. And now I'm defensive and I'm guarded and I'm gaslighting you and making you think you're crazy. you're going to be able to recover from the first one that you understood about the context, about I'm sorry, I made a mistake versus you're blaming me now for my actions, right? Exactly, exactly. So that's where there's so much nuance here that I can't like say good, bad or otherwise. But I do think that we have to really talk about You know, what is your childhood history? What do you think of yourself? What are your, you know, what are your standards? You know, what are you getting out of this relationship? Because some people can't see that you might be getting all these, your friends can say, leave him, he's an asshole, you know, but you feel dependent on them financially or, um, in fact, interesting enough in celebrity couples, because I follow reality dating too. You do, I love it. Celebrity couples get divorced at a much higher rate. Why? Because they don't need the money. And so many times other people can come in and judge. But if you're, I mean, I have women like this. They're single mothers. Their husbands cheat on them, but they've got kids. They can't just go out like Jennifer Lopez yeah. and start a <laughs> new
0: life. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, Diane, you have just the best advice. I am just so engaged in our conversation. I feel like we could talk forever about this. Where can people find you to get more of your advice, get more information and and whatnot? Will you share that with us?
1: Well, so I many ways. My my primary way is Instagram. I am the back to love doc. I want to help people get back to love, like back to simpler love, back to loving themselves. Um, I work with singles. I also work with couples. So I have these two areas that I work in. And then I have this third arm, which is my reality TV. And um, like right now, I'm watching White Lotus. I'm also watching Tell Me Lies. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's, It's about these college kids who have this like toxic... Relationship, but then there's like a murder mystery kind of. Oh, oh my
0: goodness! It's, you it's do a great. lot of the Bachelor, Bachelorette, yeah, uh, Love Island. I, you yeah, you analyze it and you you really bring out yeah. some really interesting points about yeah. how the relationships are going on those shows.
1: So and I love real world examples because a we need examples of happily married people to give us hope, but we need and I don't. I don't get too attached to these people like other people in social media, like, oh, my God, if they break up, I don't know what I'll do. I'm like, let's glean from what was what they did well versus what they didn't. And let's just analyze that. So I do have a YouTube channel called Reality TV Therapy. And that's where I'll talk with some people who have even been on the show, um, find out what that experience is like, because these are highly edited shows, though they're not scripted. So, I mean, they want to make for good TV, but we can, we can highlight some snippets of good interactions that went well. It would have been better if they did this, not that, or even on Love is Blind, I go back and I say, what would taking accountability, and I put a costume on and a wig to say, what would Cole and Zenab in their cuties thing, what would it look like if they had a therapist there really holding their feet to the fire?
0: Exactly exactly so my oh, so.
1: to be the therapist at one point on one of these shows but
0: I love yeah. it that would be amazing right <laughs> I, I I can see you doing it I know you do a phenomenal job but in the meantime thank you Diane for being on the show today you have just given um such valuable advice and information for couples out there that are listening and I really appreciate it
1: yeah and I want to leave people with a
0: bit of hope thank you for joining me today I cannot wait for you to listen to more episodes if you are a new listener, I recommend starting at my Best of Year One episode first. Then make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And when you love an episode, please leave a review. And if you want to stay connected between episodes, please visit me on social media at the Parentologist and on my blog at theparentologist.com. This podcast is not intended to be a replacement for therapy. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call nine one one.